Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Hello and welcome to episode 127 of Slam Fire Radio for October 16th, 2015. I am one of your hosts, the very excited Frilatte. Oh, he doesn't know. He doesn't know that it's his turn next. Because uh, we haven't gone it's, over it's, this it's, with him uh, yet. My, oh, yeah. Uh, let's see here. I'm uh, Adrian Michaud, the new guy, of, of course. That's that's why I'm missing my cue. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. See, it, it, whoever's doing it next week as a lead host says says their name second in the uh, in the intro. Let's try it down here too. Yeah. yeah. Let's try it again. Ready? No. 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 That was all supposed uh, to be in. Well, I'm sure it's all. I'm not saying take it out. I'm just saying let's do it again for the sake of the. Listener. Oh, well, we want you would want him to do it right. I just want it to be done right. Okay. Let, let's do it again. Yep. All right, and go. Hello and welcome to episode 127 of Slamfire Radio for October 16, 2015. I'm one of your hosts, Trevor the Frilatte. And I'm Matthew. Oh, dang it. Oh, oh man. <laughs> you did that on purpose. You so did that on purpose. Boy, you done exceeded the limitations of my medication. All right, let's just move on. Adriel, what did you do this weekend, guys? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, since we've got Matthew on the line here, um, I think the, the first thing to start off with was uh, I went bow hunting uh, for uh. deer and... Uh, <laughs> Where's my bleep button anyway? And, no, I'll, was this, I'll was stop this. there, but uh, I, did, I didn't shoot a deer. I, I saw a couple of, uh, I saw a doe fawn pair, um, but uh, it's still really on, really early on in the season, and uh, I didn't really feel like capping out so early. We, I, I can only really get the one whitetail uh, license for the year, so um, I just, I just let them go and uh, check my game cam, and it's only them on this piece of property that I'm hunting, so. I'm gonna have to start hunting somewhere else. Um, you and, and, do you? Um, you said one tag. That's it, correct? That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not gonna like I. I usually go out in November with my buddies and rifle hunt. So I'm not gonna cap out uh, with bow this early on and you know mess up mess up my uh, my hunt in November unless I see a a, a, a buck or something like that, right? Yeah. And that's not because that's not because I, I necessarily care whether it's a doe or a buck. It's just my philosophy is if I can shoot a buck, I'll shoot a buck because you only need one buck to service the local does. And uh, if you've got a bunch more does, you'll have a bunch more deer the next year. So I'd rather shoot a buck than a doe. Just mm-hmm. keep the local population up. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else I do. I got out and shot some uh, some AR five hundred targets. I got some uh, uh, like flipper targets from uh, X Metal targets. They're out of uh, yeah, X Metal. Oh yeah, yeah. They were they were a major match sponsor for SummerSlam last year and will be again this year. Oh cool! So happy to hear you're supporting them. Go. They have you seen their YouTube channel? No, I haven't seen their YouTube channel. They've got promotional videos for all their products on their YouTube channel. There's probably a link on xmetaltargets.com. Yeah. And they had a drone with them at SummerSlam. Uh huh. Amazing the footage. Like they're. <laughs> They made a Restigush Gun Club promotional video. It looks like an X Metal Target video, but in my opinion, it's a Restigush Gun Club promotional video. They did such a great job. 
Oh, that's awesome. I mean, so I, I got some slow motion video of it. I've got a camera that goes down. Like your iPhone, the new iPhones will do 280 frames per second. And I've got a camera that'll do 1200. It's still not like, you know, on YouTube, you see those really nice high quality ones that'll do like a thousand FPS and, and it'll be 1080p beautiful resolution. It's not like that, but it is pretty fast. And, uh, I got some video of uh, shooting them with uh, 22 and then shooting them with uh, uh, 223. So that's I, I think it's going to be cool, pretty cool. And, uh, and they're, they're a lot of fun. I just got a couple of the ground stake ones, the ones you just stake into the ground and you walk away. Fast setup. Um, and then you're you're just shooting for the flapper target, right? So um, so I shot shot some of those. I was trying to see if, um, if there was a difference in the damage to AR-500 between a uh, regular full metal jacket Tula, uh, which is a uh, steel jacketed and then steel core surplus. And at close range, they all did damage and, and then they're going to, right? It's all, it's all, uh, pretty quick stuff. How close? Um, uh, say like 50 yards. Okay. And that's like, that's well, well too close to be shooting that kind of stuff for, uh, the, uh, width and the, the hardness that I'm shooting. Right. Um, backed it out to 150 and they're fine. Even the, even the steel core stuff wasn't, wasn't, doing anything uh more than the, the other stuff was so um i don't know it's kind of interesting so I, I might use that video and and try to convince my uh my local club here to to let us use that tula stuff because it's it's way cheaper than uh uh than the uh, federal or or what have you or pmc the other cheap stuff right um what else did you i got in uh five thousand primers from canada ammo they've got a a kind of primer what do they call it dominion 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 primers. I think they're from Russia. They're cheap. Like the the cheapest I find locally here in in stores is right around four or five bucks per hundred. And uh, I've got uh, this stuff coming in under three bucks per hundred. So if you're um, reloading for pistol or or AR or something where you need cheap ammo and the like, you're not going for match quality ammo. You're just going for uh, volume. Uh, this is some low price stuff. Now, they said that you can use the small rifle primer in a small pistol primer. They said the differences are pretty much moot. Um, so that's what I got is 5,000 small pist- small rifle primers that I'm going to be using in uh, 9mm, I guess. So kind of excited to see that because I got those 5,000 primers. And I've also got 8 pounds of, uh, of tight group just sitting next to me here. So um, now I just need to find some projectiles. Um, I might go to P&D and get – I think they've got some uh, – TM like a uh, uh, just coated stuff, um, but I don't know. Love to see if any listeners know of a, a place where I can get cheap projectiles. Let us know because I'm I'm all ears on that. For um, what caliber? Nine millimeter, something uh, like one twenty four grain, one fifteen, whatever. What do you, what do you consider cheap? Um, about a hundred bucks a thousand, I guess. If you you should be able to find a Campro dealer in Alberta with uh, a thousand. 127 or 147 grain campros for anywhere from 90 to 120 bucks, depending on the deal. Yeah. I think I found that, that like those kind of prices at P and D. So if, if that's the, if that's the kind of the going rate, then I'll just go get it at P and D because they're local and they're good guys. Um, the only thing cheaper than I think in a campro and a campro is a true full metal jacket projectile mm-hmm. is uh berries. Berries are copper wash. Aim. Aim is also copper wash. Mm-hmm. Um, Matthew, the folks that were once upon a time looking at buying AIM, they were uh, Calibers? They're called yes, Calibers now? Calibers, yeah. Okay. So I don't know if there's any Calibers dealers out there. But all the copper wash stuff is uh, 
is going to be probably under 90 bucks. Awesome. Yeah, I might, I might look for some of that because I'd shoot lead, but uh, I just I just don't like handling it. I don't like reloading with it. I mean, you're you're doing the powder coating stuff to yours, which would make the handling a lot better. But still, a lot of uh, it's a lot of time put into uh, to get all that stuff going. And uh, it, it, it's like anything else; it's a lot of time the first couple of times. But um, there, you know, it's kind of like I liken it to cutting your own firewood. You, you you take the, st- the 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 log growing in the forest, the tree growing in the forest, which is like your uh, raw lead that you haven't processed into ingots yet. You know, you cut that tree down, you you, you delimit, you chunk it up, you take it home, you split it, you pile it, you carry it into the house, you burn it, you touch that that tree about six times before you actually turn it into fuel. Well, by the time you put that bullet into uh, into the chamber of the gun. You have handled it several times, but the more you do it, um, the more acquainted with your processes you become and the mm-hmm. faster it goes. Um, already casting the, the actual projectiles is a joke. With a two-cavity mold, I can pump out nearly a 1,000 in an hour. Oh, I've got a, I got a six-cavity lead that I was using for 9 mil, and it really you, cranks them out. Yeah, It does, yeah. But yeah. then... Then it's the the powder coat is is slow depending on the size of uh, you know what you're either spraying them but you're still going to have to spread them out one at a time in a cookie sheet you know the powder coating is time consuming and then sizing so there's steps but you're it's just so much savings you have to have time to do it though yeah that's 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 the last thing to really drop the price on on reloading nine mil is if you're if you're casting and coating and and doing all that and, and getting your bullets for well, pretty much free. Yeah, your your yeah. price is way down. On. Yeah, and uh, I suppose uh, I'm doing um, forty, and we'll be doing forty five probably next year. So it's it's and I, I shoot forty in competition uh, nine mil for the little bit of nine mil that I shoot in plinking and in training. Sure, buy just buy it, but mm-hmm. the amount of you know I probably shoot anywhere between five and eight thousand rounds of forty per season. So yeah, it gets a lot of lead. Yes, yeah. a lot of lead. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I've got all that stuff now. I'll, I'll get some projectiles and get loading over the winter and build up a huge stockpile if I can. I've got. What some, are you loading uh, on? I've got a, a Dylan Square Deal for nine millimeter. Oh, neat. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's an older version, but man, is it! I've also got a Lee Pro One Thousand uh, that's set up for nine millimeter and and two to three, and the. Dylan is so much better. There's so like fewer stoppages. Um, you don't have to like play around with it, mess around with it to. Um, no, you set it and you forget it, and it just works, right? Yep. Yeah, but it just uh, works. It's my understanding that it comes set up for a caliber, and that's it. It the, the, the you can change calibers, but it doesn't use universal dies. Like it has its own very specific dies. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, it's it's okay. built like you buy the nine millimeter one. It's nine millimeter. Now I have a conversion kit for that one that'll get me into thirty eight or three fifty seven. Um, right, but you're not using Lee dies or Hornady no. dies. You have to use the Square D specific dies. Yeah, and yeah. I don't but know. I don't. I don't mind it that much. They've got the sizer. They've got the uh, uh, mouth belling one that puts the powder in. Uh, they got the bullet seeder and they've got the crimp on there. So what else do you really need, right? Oh, it's true. And, uh, you know, I'm going to talk about my turret press here in a little bit when it's my turn. And um, you're right. It, what else do you really need? If you're doing low volume, 
uh, you, you know, it doesn't matter if the square D dies only fit in the square D. It really doesn't. It's an affordable press that works. Yeah. And for like me and two of my buddies all shoot nine millimeter, that's all we've got for pistols. So it's really easy. We leave that thing set up, we leave it ready to roll. And, uh, every once in a while, yeah, get on it and, and make a pile of ammo. So yeah, the only thing you're ever going to have to change is if all of a sudden you're changing from one gunpowder to the other, you're going to have to adjust your powder measure. Other than that, you like you said, you you put it on the bench, you set it up, you forget it. Yeah, I think the only thing that's slow on it is uh, is is loading up the primer tubes. Is there like what's what's the the better version of doing that than the the manual pickup poking one primer at a time? Is it? I've seen like there's a vibrating thing that'll that'll line up the primers. What it was, everyone else use. Well, I use the the old-fashioned primer flip tray and then the primer pickup tubes. I keep mm-hmm. five tubes on hand. So I fill the machine up, and then yep. I fill five tubes. And that's 600. And usually, after I load 600 rounds, I take a break or I'm even done for the entire evening. That's, that's yeah. it. I move on to something else. Um, there is a primer tube um, filling machine that Dylan sells. I think it's way overpriced. And, yeah, you know, it just it fills your primer tube for you. And I'm going to have to have a lot of money to burn before I decide I can't pick up my own primers. If yeah. you only have one primer pickup tube and you're stopping every 100 rounds to fill the tube up and then fill the machine, no, it's a pain in the butt, man. Buy yourself five or six tubes, fill them up at the beginning of your session, load 100 rounds, fill the machine. Load 100 rounds, fill the machine. Yeah, I, I reload over at a buddy's place and... uh it's really convenient because he'll be loading up primers, getting bullets out, making sure the cases are there. And then one person's just running the machine and just running it nonstop. So you don't have to stop and wait and you don't have to preload your 600 or whatever. Is it yeah. auto indexing or manual indexing? Auto. Okay. Yeah. You put, uh, what, what operations are you doing? You're putting your case in, you're putting your bullet on top. Cranking um, the handle, you're good. Yeah. Yeah. So in, yeah. in some ways it's better than a 550 because the 550, you have to put your case on. Put your bullet on, crank it, manually index it, put your case on, put your bullet on, crank it, manually index it. With the square deal, you don't have to manually index it. It indexes mm-hmm. automatically. Yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think Dylan's just doing that just to make it so that people have to pony up the cash and get the, the next one up. Mm. Well, yeah. the next one up is, I don't, uh, there's not a lot of advantage to a 550 over a over square deal to be perfectly No, I'm, honest I'm saying the 550 that like they're they're trying to get people from the 550 oh. to the 650, right? Yeah. 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 By not including the manual indexing which or, or the auto indexing which like when you look at a Lee or, or anything else it's just a little cam pin or a little twist on the rotor. Anyways, mm-hmm. long long story short, yeah, I use a, a Dylan square deal for 9mm pistol and I've got a, a a Lee classic cast turret that I use for pretty much everything else. Yeah. Reloading in a nutshell. Um, other than that, um, I wrote an article. I, so I've been, you know, this is politics season right now here in Canada. And um, I've been seeing a lot of Facebook articles by friends and acquaintances and um, a lot of uh, a lot of misconstrued facts. And I'm, you can't see it, but I'm putting air quotes around the facts because a lot of it has been. Um, when you do that, uh, you have to hold your, your air quotes closer to the mic. and. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, no, like like facts, like having a gun, having a gun in your home makes it uh, more likely that you'll be killed with a gun. It's like, yeah, well, no doubt. I mean, if if I have a swimming pool in my house, it's more likely that I'm going to die in a swimming pool. And if I have a bike in my house, it's more likely that I might uh, I might die uh, from a heart attack while I'm biking. I mean, um, these these are all these are all like true things. But uh, I found it really annoying when I started to see these on a like time after time after time basis. So I wrote an article that. Uh, um, I just to counter some of these ones that are uh, are are like provably false, and I uh, posted on my website because I was just tired of seeing it. Good for you. Yeah, Matthew used to have a blog, right, Matthew? I still do. Matthew used to contribute to his blog. I used to. <laughs> Every now and then, I approve a comment. I was just basically <laughs> making sure you were still on the show. That I am that still was. here. Okay. Yeah. I am slowly nodding off from. Turkey. Eating too much turkey. <laughs> it was so, like I'm full. I should stop eating, but oh, it's so good. And I was like, well, I should stop eating now because I'm stuffed. But it's so delicious. And then it was like, yeah, I'm super stuffed. There's only like five bites left, but there were twenty. <laughs> so the secret to get Matthew to not interrupt his co-host is fill him full of turkey. Turkey goodness. Mm. Speaking of turkey, is it my turn? You bet. That's hilarious. Um. I went uh, armed hiking on Thanksgiving, speaking of Turkey Day. Um, my, uh, my buddy Matt and my brother-in-law, my brother and nephews, we all sort of just kind of wandered around my parents' property hiking with guns, so I was armed hiking. Um, we didn't see any birds. Trevor, do you, do you know what we did wrong? Uh, um, <laughs> you, you've hunted with me before. What did I, I have, and... <laughs> We've been, you and I have been actually been quite successful. I was just thinking about this tonight. I knew because I, you know, Luke and I went out and we bagged some birds. Yeah. You went out and you didn't. So, of course, this has to be discussed. But I'll, you know, I just keep coming back to that, that time that you and I went hunting and you smoked that gross doing 50 knots out of the air with your Mossberg 500. Uh, that makes up for so many missed, missed opportunities. Yeah. I don't know what you're doing wrong. You're, you, you know what you're doing? You're, you're, you're probably hunting where there are no gross. That you know, that's probably part of it. That's probably part of it. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta scout around more often. Maybe find some places where the grouse actually. Are. I saw a bunch throughout the summer when there was no season. You know, it was season was in closed. This location? No, no, like no. This is yeah, a you were at the, different. you were at the zoo, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, this was this was local in, in Edmonton that I saw them. I was down at my parents down in. Uh, couple a couple hours away anyway so you go back to where you saw them and try that's probably what i should do yeah (laughs) so maybe i'll try that but anyway we got bored as we inevitably do and so everybody just started shooting stuff shooting at rocks yeah this is why uh, luke and i were were wondering about that we're hunting going i wonder if matthew's out shooting rocks right now well actually we shot a shotgun shell so you know we were walking along and somebody got a grouse because there was an empty 12 gauge shell on the trail so we uh, we found a suitable location where uh, we knew where our bullets were going to impact and and set up the shotgun shell and you know most people had 22s and so we said okay those with 22s go ahead and see if you can hit it so there were a couple shots here and there and nobody was connecting and Matt's there with uh, his 20 gauge single shot shotgun and that that little shotgun to 22 adapter that I gave him. And he hauls that out and sticks in the little 22 adapter, sticks in a 22, lines up. He's got nothing but a bead sight on an old Cooey single-shot shotgun. Wham, one shot. <laughs> well, even a broken clock is right twice a day. Uh, That's crazy. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, no, he continued to he continued to impress. He he fired oh, off nice. probably a good dozen or, or so rounds, and anything he aimed that gun at, he was hitting. Like, yeah, I was impressed. He's uh, he's pretty accurate with that thing. But that's pretty much all I did. A bit of bit of group hunting, well, group hiking with guns, and uh, yeah, some some impromptu impromptu plinking out in the woods. So it was fun, though. We we all enjoyed ourselves, and we made some noise, and went back and ate more turkey. So <laughs> it was a success. Excellent. What did you get up to, Trev? Uh, well, I'm gonna go try and keep it short, even though there's two weeks worth of stuff here, as I wasn't on last week. Yeah, what was uh, the deal with that, man? Come on. Or I don't remember. I don't either. I, I was. I, yeah. I was. There were 16 reasons why I wasn't supposed to be on tonight, and then I ended up. Anyway, it worked. Here I am. Yeah, um, you canceled. You canceled like eight times this week. You're like, canceled. yeah, I'll be on. Can, wait, can we do it Wednesday? Okay, let's move it to Wednesday for Trevor. No, I'm out Wednesday. Can we go back to Thursday? <laughs> That's no. It was we were supposed to even do it on a Tuesday at one yeah. point. And then and then in the end is like, screw it, I'm not going to be there. Okay, fine, Adriel, you and me. And then tonight, you know, like an hour before the show. Oh yeah, I'm going to be on. <laughs> <laughs> Moon's aligned. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, anyway, yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Car- yeah, carry on with your two weeks worth of list. Right. So um, I made it out to the Miramichi for their second last match of the year. The last match of the year will be this Saturday. Unfortunately, I'll be missing it. It's too bad because I was going to shoot production because I received um, my mags for my FNFNS. So now that is set up, ready to go. There's a belt with mag pouches. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be fun to shoot that in production. I I can't wait Mm -hmm. to see you uh, operate with that. Yeah, especially after I change the sights. Um, I'm going to get rid of the factory sights and get some Savigny, um, Dave Savigny sights for it. That's, yep. he's shooting for them and, and that's his production gun. So of course he's got his, his sights made for it. Exactly. And, and I think the guy knows how to shoot. So you could probably trust his sights. I've heard that. Yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah. So the match in the Miramichi, I, uh, did some work on the gun after the provincials. As we know, I had a real dismal performance at the provincials, finished fourth, and there were some issues with the gun and the mags not dropping. Uh, I ordered a new magazine catch. Uh, it's, uh, made by CK is the manufacturer. Calvin Klein. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> anyway, it's, it's, they've changed the, um, geometry of it a little bit. It prevents you from, uh, over penetrating um and, and pinching the magazine into the gun so you can't you can't over over insert right the mag into the gun and you also can't depress the button so much so that it pinches the mag and keeps the mag in the gun so between that and checking for burrs um the mags were dropping freely with the exception of one one occurrence i don't know if i didn't uh pay attention to what mag it was but anyway there was one occurrence where the mag didn't drop as freely as it should have the match went well i won the match and i beat everyone that uh i lost to at the provincials with the exception of uh jamie knowles who had who won the provincials provincial champ he was unable to attend the match so but i did get everybody else that got me at the provincials so i felt good my confidence was back and uh the gun was working well so i i was pretty happy there was this one stage I'm so disappointed it wasn't on video. It's the absolute coolest thing that has happened to me in an Ipsic match. There were two dueling trees and four targets. Um, the dueling trees were set up so that the plates were aligned both on the inside and on either side of the dueling trees were an Ipsic Classic and stacked on top of the Ipsic Classic was an Ipsic Mini. So my plan was to draw the gun spray the Ipsic Classic really quickly because it was a large target 
take two aim shots at the mini, okay? Transition over to the next mini, two aim shots, spray the classic because it's full size, do a mag change, and go to work on the dueling trees. I hit the dueling tree on the left so fast that the momentum of the plates rolling over to the other side actually knocked the dueling tree onto the ground. <laughs> wow. I started at the top and I went one, two, three, four, and then transitioned to the right and came up one, two, three, four. I was considering going left, right, left, right, left, right, and I talked it over with a shooter before, and he's like, no, 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 dude, just, just follow the recoil down and then follow the recoil up, and... I don't even know if I saw my sights and you know, it was 11 meters and there were eight inch plates Yeah, and just one, two, three, four, or one, two, four. And there's just plates just kept one, two, three, four. And it fell over. <laughs> it, was, it was the coolest thing I've ever done in a match. I almost forgot about it actually. Huh. Very nice. Yeah, that would have been yeah. cool to see on video. Yeah, it was wicked. And then um, I got into casting. So um, my own uh, lead melting, it's not a smelting pot. It's a melting pot. I'm going to get beaten if I call it a smelting pot again. And uh, Because there's no smelt in it? I don't know. I oh. spent a whole evening casting one night. I was so excited. I got home, and it was nice out, so I took it outside. I set it up on the back deck, and I casted for an hour. And then I got downstairs, and I started weighing the bullets. They were 160, 160, 160. Wait a second. My cavity is a 170 grain. <laughs> no, no, wait. Sorry. My cavity, my, my, my mold is a 175 cavity mold why are they coming out at 160 that's because my 140 or my caliber my my 40 caliber mold is a 170 but i spent all night casting with my 357 magnum mold <laughs> so yeah that all got melted and turned back <laughs> yeah so anyway oh, but it's, i it's, just saved it <laughs> no 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 no. i'm not putting lead through my 357 magnum all that lead that i have fred gave me 80 pounds of lead and all of it is going to get turned into 40 caliber bullets all 80 pounds. I'm going to turn 80 pounds of lead into 80 pounds of 40 caliber projectiles. And then I got into reloading on my turret press. We talked about on the show the, all that, uh, all that, um, remember the stuff that you and I picked up, Matthew, the shotgun yep. press, all that stuff. Yep. Um, there was a turret press in there, and I had never worked with a turret press before, and I thought, eh, it'd be kind of neat to just set up for my 44 Magnum. Well, from start to finish, with a, a, a empty casing, inserting the primer, doing the whole thing. There's a powder measure system with it that I didn't know. I knew I had a turret press. I knew I had a powder measure. I didn't realize that the two went together. Anyway, I spent the evening playing around with it, setting it up a little bit. And I can, it takes about 25 seconds per round to go from empty case to finished bullet. That's and all right. <laughs> listen, if I'm, I, anybody who asked me, what should I start on? I can't believe how slick this Lee press is. Now, mine doesn't have the auto-indexing, but if you buy a new classic turret press today, it actually auto-indexes. So the only thing that you have to do, it has an auto-indexing. It has the same, you know, the primer system that you use on your single-stage press, Matthew? Mm-hmm. So it has auto-indexing, a powder measure, and that same primer feeding system that they use on their single-stage press, you just put the bullet on, or you put the empty case on the shell plate, crank the handle, and insert your primer using that primer system. It's slick, man. I'm really, really, I don't like those little cups, but it just so happens that the largest cup is the exact powder charge I need for my 44 Magnum. And 
I can't. I'm really doing a poor job articulating how impressed I am with the Lee Turret Press. If you're thinking about getting into reloading, don't really want a single stage, especially if you want to do um, handgun calibers. Get a Lee Turret Press. You Wait, so that. so this is you like it then? I yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm really really. You think it's with good? It. It's I, great. Oh, and then you right. can set up extra tool heads. Throw your dies, get an extra powder measure, an extra tool head, and uh, you can do multiple handgun calibers on it. It's for a joke. Um, I'm probably going to be reloading some 45 next year, and I don't think I'll bother setting up on my Dylan to do it. I think I'll do it on this turret press. Cool. Yeah. I've, I've got mine set up to do uh, 308, uh, 270, and 223. And uh, yeah, for like like you said, for those uh, for those cal- handgun calibers where you can't get it in a uh, Dylan or you just don't have the stuff for it or you're doing small batches that, that you wouldn't want to do in a, a progressive, it's pretty quick. Hmm. I mean, two bullets per minute. You know, you're, you're from start to finish, you're doing two rounds per minute. That's that's a pr- that's still a good clip. That's almost as fast as I shoot. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, for, uh, for rifle rounds, it's really quick because you, you prep out your brass um, and like the only thing I find a little bit fiddly with that system is, is priming. Cause you can, uh, you can miss seat the primer in the little cup thing and, uh, and then not have it feed through. But, uh, other than that, it's fast. You can, you can take your prepped brass and run them through that system very quick. You'll, you'll run through 50, uh, 50 rifle rounds in, in well under half an hour. So, um, for rifles, yeah, that's quick. Mm-hmm. Now, I would do it for 223 for an AR, but I wouldn't, um, my, all of my bolt action reloading, cause I'm just neck sizing the brass and I'm measuring each individual powder charge on a trickler. Mm. But for semi auto stuff, I wouldn't mind, cause I don't find that powder measure that they have is super accurate and it leaks and stuff. So I'm really in favor of the turret press for handgun reloading, but for rifle, not, not bolt action rifle, not me anyway. Oh no, you can so um with 308 now I'm 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 not using the the oh, powder measure on there either. The pow- oh, I got I know what you do. I'm using you're the using this, uh, yeah. what you call it there. I've got a powder RCBS, uh yeah, I've got an RCBS uh charge master yeah. that I'm using to ch- to charge the powder on them and then I'm loading the bullet and uh crimping if if applicable. I crimp my 223, I don't crimp anything else. But, but you, uh, it, it makes those last operations really quick, right? Mm. On the turret uh, mine is the three three die, but they actually make them in four die now, and you can have the powder measure, a powder through die, expanding die with the powder through. Yeah. So when you get to that station, you you yeah you measure your powder on your on your RCBS powder measure and just dump it. Um, you put a funnel on that on the powder through die, and just take your powder pan and dump it in. Yeah, forgot about that. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Yep. I'm telling you, kids, if you're not reloading on a turret press, you may be missing out. It's really, uh, they're a heck of a lot better. I mean, this is a guy who I load on a Dillon 650. That was my first press ever, period. I learned to reload on a Dillon 650, and I'm just completely blown away by this cheap little turret press. Matthew, you know you and I, we both bought the Lee 50th anniversary uh, reloading kit. Yep. Well, um, Lee sells the same kit, but with the turret press, it's 350 bucks at Cabela's, but if you go to uh, budgetshootersupply.com, it's 285. Oh man, that's awesome. 
It is. It really Why is. Why would yeah. you go for a, their, their, their classic um, or their anniversary press, that O press there? Why would you go for that? I've got one of the same, right? I've got one of those O presses, but um, why go for the one of those when the turret's just a little bit more? Yeah. Well, you know, the turret is, uh, the Lee is the, the single stage 50th anniversary kit, I think is 150 bucks. But the Lee, Cla- the Lee classic turret press is at 350 for the kit at Cabela's or 285 for the same kit at budget. Awesome. Tier. Yeah. So, um, what else did I get up to? I was reloading 44 Magnum on that thing. And, um, I reloaded some nine mil on my Dylan and I got out with and shot my Kui model 84. That was very interesting. Um, the, uh, ejector is incredible on it. If you're not careful, you get a shell in the teeth. <laughs> I should, yeah, I've done that before. <laughs> I had no idea. I didn't even, exp- I didn't even know it was going to uh, eject it. It man. comes out quick. <laughs> it does. So the gun is uh, full choke. Uh, doesn't really shoot like a full choke, but it also shoots um, quite high and quite left. So I don't. It would take. It would. It would take some getting used to. While well, if I was going to use it for rabbit or for grouse, to to not mess them up, knowing where to hold and stuff. But uh, anyway, um, we also did our end of year range cleanup, and we cleaned up after uh, Corrections Canada. Yeah, that wasn't cool. We, uh, Corrections Canada rented the range and they were, they were, they were told last year that they could use whatever they wanted and they, uh, they took that quite literally this year. So we had to clean up our stuff and we had to clean up their stuff. Not cool. So anyway. Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah. And then, uh, Bang My Switch, uh, Boutique, no, Bang My, <laughs> Luke Giroux from, uh, BangSwitchBoutique.com. Uh, he came up and we went hunting on Saturday. And we got, we saw six grouse. We got three. I got two. Luke got one. I took my 870 with me with a full choke. And you know, it has a Mesa tactical six shell caddy on the receiver and which is also a uh, optic mount. And looking underneath the optic mounts, kind of like a ghost ring sight, you've got this nice channel that you can use to line up your bead for, you know, precision. Yeah, sucks for hunting. Oh, man. When I looked through it, then came down on the grouse, it was like, oh my God, where'd he go? So both times I just lined up the, the bead and pressed the trigger and hoped for the best. And both times I, I connected with the head and didn't damage. I found one pellet in one of the three grouse. So I don't know if it was who did it, me or, me or, me or Luke, but that was pretty good. We shot three grouse and we only put one pellet in the breast. So pretty happy with that. But that, um, that system's good for targets, but it's not so good for hunting. Hmm. Yeah. And what else? I put a stock on my VZ58 and had a uh, gun club meeting last night. And that is it for me. That's awesome. Right. Yeah. So how's about some upcoming events? That's Shall awesome. We? All right. The Woodstock Pistol and Rifle uh, Raffle. Oh, it's over. Stock. Sorry. Oh, it's over? All yeah. right. So we should take that out. Yeah. Shame. So do they have their berm yet? Oh, yes. Yeah, oh, no, they've got their multi-bays all set up there. It looks really cool. I saw pictures. Speaking of berms, um, I got another berm built at the Rescue Gun Club. Nice. Another, another bay, yeah. We didn't have enough bays, right? So No, no, you guys, you were kind of lacking in bays. You know the bay next to the uh, boat? Mm-hmm. Well, we built another bay just as big next to that one. Very nice. It's 40 meters long and 25 meters wide. So what you're going to do is put 8-inch plates at the very back of it and make Ipsic shooters shoot them from the front? 
You got it. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got approval from the CFO on that? Shut yep. up. Shut up. Yet. Still waiting for it, hey? Man. <laughs> like, they won't even return our president's phone calls. They're like, oh, my God. Adriel, we built a 500-meter range in 2013, and we still haven't been able to shoot on it. Oh, we're we're in the same boat here in Edmonton. We've got uh, 500, 800, and when we've got another 25 that we just built this year, and still waiting on all of it. Mm. No, it's not cool. Um, yeah. They were up to inspect us in May, I think it was, and we've still never received anything in writing. They came back, and we're like, what do you mean you didn't get a preliminary report yet? No, we've got nothing. They've been on the range twice, and we still haven't received one iota, zero documentation, nothing. No, this is what passed, this is what didn't pass, nothing, 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 nothing. No certification, no approval, nothing. Ugh. So, um, okay, the charity shoot. The podcaster's sixth annual charity shoot has been confirmed. It's going to be in Ontario. The date is June 25th, and it'll be at the Brockville District Fishing Game Club. If you're interested, contact New Shooter Canada. The folks over there are uh, in charge of organizing it. Kelly and her team are doing a fantastic job. They're um, booking sponsors left, right, and center. Well, I mean, they got two or three sponsors on board anyway. I don't want to make it sound like there's going to be a dozen, but who knows? They well, are. TSN's going to be there, right? TSN and RDS will oh. be there, yeah. Wow. So, and uh, all the fans from last night's Toronto Blue Jays game will be there. Yep. And uh, it's going to be a good time. So, uh, <laughs> I You'll can't have wait. Lots of, lots of cans to shoot out of the air. <laughs> yeah. So, somebody's baby got hit with beer or something, right? So, it's like this big travesty. And I'm like, who brings a baby to a baseball game? Anyway. Um, in a Blue Jays game, isn't that child abuse? <laughs> child endangerment. Child yeah. endangerment. There you go. <laughs> the Annapolis Valley uh, Shooting Sports Club is hosting a ladies-only event <laughs> on, <laughs> sorry, on Saturday, November 7th from 1 until 4. And that comes to us from Josh. So that's the Annapolis Valley Shooting Sports Club. And I got to assume Annapolis Valley is in Nova Scotia. There's no province written here. I don't know. This is the information we have. So I would say Google it and hopefully it um, comes so up. That's so that's the Annapolis Valley Shooting Sports Club. They're going to be hosting a ladies' night. Thank you, Josh. SummerSlam 10 is um, July 23rd and 24th of 2016. The registration's been open for just over three weeks. It was three weeks on Monday. 150 spots, and there are only 60 left. Wow. Yeah. So and, that's cool. Yeah, we were 50% sold out in three weeks. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's happening is the Canadian Nationals are immediately after SummerSlam, and the match is filling up with folks from Alberta, British Columbia, Manitoba, Saskatchewan. Um, I don't have all of my usual shooters yet from Ontario and Quebec. The match is Well, they better up. hurry up. <laughs> yeah, some people are going to get caught with their pants down here. So, I wonder if I uh, hold my thumb out, if, if any of them will pick me up on the way through. Oh, that's an idea. Yeah. Um, handgun Vitals 1. That's what we're calling it right now until we come up with a name that will give us a dorky acronym. Yeah, we better come up with a dorky acronym. We'll That's a rule. It. Yeah. So, Handgun uh, handgun, Fidels, handgun Fundamentals 1 uh, in Alberta. If this is a go, this is a class that Matthew and I are going to teach. We've chosen the date of August 6, 2016. So that's this where Matthew and I just can't get out there any sooner. And then from there, I got to keep going to BC. So if you are interested 
please let us know. We're throwing some numbers around as far as price is concerned and as far as students. We're thinking because there'll be two instructors, we will take as many as 15. So to keep costs low, 15 would be nice. But uh, yeah, so let us know. We've got a couple of emails we're going to read here in a minute that uh, from people who are willing to come out and, and train with us. One of them is actually going to travel all the way from New Brunswick. So he just said, tell me the date and I will be there. So that's, that's <laughs> who, pretty impressive. Who's that? Uh, it's in an email. I'll wait for it. Oh, I hate this waiting. Next, this I'm going to scroll down. All right. So, <laughs> like, just in terms of pricing, it's it's probably going to be around, like, what, two, three hundred bucks a person kind of a thing for, for the uh, two days, one day training, one day match kind of a thing? Well, it's if we do a match, um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking it's probably going to be a one day class. Uh, with training and instruction all day and a little miniature type skills competition at the end of the day. Um, you know, for bragging rights, top, top student in the class, that sort of thing. And, um, I'm hoping we can pull it off for less than 200 bucks a person. But, uh, in order to do that, we need to start collecting money sooner rather than later so we can get a good price on flights. Yeah. That's basically, that's basically it. all we need to do is cover the cost of our flight there and back. We don't want to put any money in our pockets. We just need to get there and home. Yep. Or our wives will come looking for you. They're, yeah. yeah. I got a place you guys can stay at near there, near there. Oh, you know a guy? Yep. <laughs> cool. cool. <laughs> All right. Um, next one is from Jason Philp, and it's for some sort of shotgun event called Foreign Invasion 2016 in Coyote Springs, Tucson, Arizona. Tucson, right? Tucson as. Tucson as. Yeah. So not Tucson, Arizona, but no. this will take place in Tucson as on January 28th to the 30th. There'll be a total of 500 targets. Go to www.coyotespringsclays. No, it should be Coyote Springs Skeets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jason. Coyotespringsclays.com for more information on that event. Foreign Invasion 2016. Yeah. News. Other than the, um, BC hammer attack that happened yesterday morning. Is there any news out there that's political or gun related that we uh, didn't get in the show notes, but we want to discuss real quick? Well, the liberals released their, uh, their platform and uh, it had a couple of changes in it. And it had a couple of things that were just affirming how things are right now. So that was kind of confusing. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, we will do. Wait, that's already done. Yeah, we'll, we'll do what do. we're already doing. Yeah. And then, and then at the very end, they're like, no, for the people that don't know, they're basically telling the liberal supporters, oh yeah, the liberals are going to put in gun control. Yeah. Let them say that. Let them say what we're already doing. That's (laughs) brilliant. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. yeah, But they did specifically say they will not bring back the long gun registry. Mm, Which they're trying to sway some conservative voters their way. I guess. I don't know. But basically they're all for gun control. So. Oh yeah. 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 So, so speaking of hammer control, um, at 8.30 yesterday morning, a man went into a ban office in British Columbia on a First Nations reserve with a hammer and assaulted 10 people. A couple of them are in critical condition. And uh, I got into it with Peter McKay on Facebook today. Peter had the audacity to say, well, thank God it wasn't a gun. And uh, I said, well, Peter, if the people inside there were allowed to have guns, this wouldn't happen because you don't bring a gun, a hammer to a gunfight. No. There's a, there's a reason why this guy didn't go into a police station and start swinging a hammer around, right? Yeah. 
Now, details are sketchy at best at this point, but he was basically dead when the cops got there. So I don't know what happened, but I guess some of the good folks over in the band hall decided they didn't want to <laughs> be a victim, and uh, they took, you know, yeah. I don't know what happened. I'm going to speculate and say that, you know. Yeah, you're allowed to speculate. Yeah, you know, they put a stop to the attack. Yeah, and, and if they did, good on them. I mean, that's, yep. that's you know, if you're under attack, you do what you need to survive. So yeah, here's especially with a deadly assault hammer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, those 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 uh you know, full auto framing hammers. Deadly. Ooh, those are dangerous. No uh, reason. No reason for people to own like a sixteen ounce hammer. Uh uh-uh. what we should have is a central storage for hammers. That's right. And all the contractors can go there in the morning, check out their hammers, go to their work sites, and then bring them all back at the end of the day. You know, serialize everything. Right, so Matthew checks out his hammer. If Matthew doesn't bring out his hammer, please go to Matthew's house because he didn't have it in by eight o'clock. It's simple, <laughs> you know. So, um, but you know, ten victims, ten victims, um, and some of them are could potentially still lose their lives. Ten victims fell prey to this guy with a hammer before he was finally taken down. Yeah, you know, one armed, one armed person working in that could be, you know, just one concealed carrier. Yeah, could have stopped that right yeah. off the bat. Guy comes in with the hammer, starts swinging, bang. No more hammer swinging for you, sir. Yep. Yeah, there's none of this 21-foot rule stuff. You just, you know. Yeah. You just line them up, get a clear shot, and let them have it. Yep. So. No, yeah, it's sad that, uh, you know, it, that these things still happen. But, you know, it just goes to show all the gun control in the world isn't going to stop violence. Violence doesn't happen because of guns. Violence because, happens because of violence. Mm-hmm. Yep. Take a hammer to a gun-free zone, right? That's it. Yeah. All right. Our main topic. What did we decide on? Well, we were going to talk about whitetail deer hunting. I'm in. And uh, and well, do we? The, the 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 real question is, do we have time for that? Because we have a billion email. Mm. Mm. Um, you, you know, Adriel and I, since we don't edit and don't care about the time or the length of the show, um, right, Adriel? Thank you. Um, you know, we don't care. But since you edit the show and you're always worried about keeping it at an hour 30, you're the only one that worries about whether or not we have time. Well, I don't know. Go for it. Let's talk about white-tailed deer hunting then. This is welcome to the three-hour Slamfire radio show. No, um, we do have a lot of email. Yeah. It, it's a good topic, and I don't want to do it disservice. So why don't we uh, hold off till maybe next week and yeah. uh, and talk about that in some good depth, and that'll give us a chance to prep for it and stuff. And, and let's do yeah. these 55 million email that we have. Yeah. Because it is, it, deer season is upon us almost everywhere in Canada. Yeah. And uh, in some cases, it started already. So, yeah. And, uh, all right. So, we're all good with that. We're yeah. just going to move into yeah. our listener feedback. All right, then. Uh, I'll take this first one. Uh, it comes to us from a uh, fellow New Brunswicker, James, and uh fellow graduate of Carbine Vitals 2.5039. I guess you could call it what we did there. Anyway, um, so James says, first time writer, I found out about the show when I was forced to share a room with Trevor at the Nova Scotia Ipsic Provincials. I didn't want to share a room with anyone, but when I opened the door to room 216, there was a big burly man sleeping in the bed. <laughs> huh. it's, it's true, I was there. I wasn't the big burly man in the bed, though, but this this did happen. So he says, uh, he continues, he says, I figured out it was better to stay with someone I shoot Ipsic with than a real stranger. So I get a room with two beds and chair. Trevor was in bed, as sexy as an SKS with a Tapco stock and listening to a podcast. <laughs> he started talking to me 
about podcasts he listens to and told me he did his own. I was a bit shocked. All I knew about him was he was a gun nut who had started with bows and was some kind of school teacher. I was reluctant to download his podcast at first. When I found a free Wi-Fi hotspot, I downloaded Slamfire, the Slamfire Radio podcast. I'm glad I did. Because of the show, I found out about the Daniel Shaw course. I always wanted to do more than just shoot Ipsic. I called my good friend Don and told him about Carbine Vitals 2. He was in. We went to the course, and what can I say? Mind blown. From the, I found my breaking point, pushed past it, and got back on track. The last few hours of the course were the best running and gunning down the 200-meter range. I ran down with Trevor when he was firing, watching Trevor doing everything to a tee. Matt and him met at the 25-yard line to consolidate ammo. Matt had run dry at the 50-yard line. When he consolidated with Trevor, he already had a mag ready for him. All threats were down, but there was a buddy who, who was wounded and needed to be evacuated, a.k.a. Don. Matt was sent back while Trevor provided cover. Daniel yells, threat! Trevor engages. Matt's trying to pick up Don in a fireman's carry. It didn't go too well. Matt's exact words? We're leaving this one behind. <laughs> the threat was neutralized. Trevor and Matt switch positions. Trevor grabs Don's chest rig and starts dragging him 15 feet, then drops Don and yells out, We're both going to die. <laughs> now I'm laughing so hard. Trevor picks him up again, starts dragging him. The sweat. The shortness of breath. Oh my god, Trevor's going to have a heart attack. Is he really going to die during training? I tell him, 15 feet. I lied. It was closer to 30 more feet. <laughs> he kept pushing and made it. Shoot, Trevor. I'll go to war with you any day. Matt, you on the other hand? Uh, you're the scout. <laughs> forward scout. Way forward. Get way up there. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding aside, these two guys are really knowledgeable about guns, ammo, and current news. If I have any questions, I just shoot a text to Campbellton and get an answer right away. Better than Cabela's and Bass Pro Shop combined. I listen every Friday to the, for a new podcast and was disappointed that there was none last week. Keep up the good work and keep them coming. P.S. Dictated, not read. P.P.S. Being from New Brunswick, I will travel to Alberta to help with the course. Prefer a single bed in a single room if possible. Trevor's snoring is atrocious. P.P.P.S. I blame you, Trevor, for my DQ in Nova Scotia, keeping me up all night talking about podcasting. That's really not how I remember it, James. I remember putting in my earbuds and trying to drift off, and the guy next to me, yeah, he kind of wouldn't shut up. That's how I remember it, but... whatever um he said my i hope my dq card is in the mail and that comes to us from james bork new listener first time writer yeah james is a cool guy i i really enjoyed hanging out with him and don at the uh, carbine course and i hope uh, hope to run into them a lot more in the future well we were hoping to get together for a practice on the 24th but our range got tore down nobody from the course says they can make it out yeah so, and it's it's deer hunting. I don't think it's going to happen, unfortunately. Nah. It's too bad. We really would like to go, to, you know, to practice some of the some of the things that uh, Daniel taught us because, I mean, what's the point, right? Yeah. He, he shows you how to do stuff. If you don't practice it, it's it's gone. You don't use it, you lose it. That's it. So, it's a, it's a perishable skill, right? And uh, anyway. Um, yeah. So, James is willing to travel all the way out to Alberta to train with us good on him man that that's awesome yeah first yeah so um how about uh one of you two gentlemen take this next one from walter you've got a pick 
Okay, then. Adriel. Beautiful. Uh, hello, Matthew, Trevor, and New Owen. Hey, there we go. Another nickname. I like it. Awesome. New Owen. We could just call you Noen for short. Noen. Yeah, no one. No one in particular. Uh, first off, love the show. I don't know how I could make it through my Fridays without you guys. I wanted to get your opinion on micro red dots for pistols. I know there are major advantages for competition use. However, I would be looking to use one on my suppressor host, America. F, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> is it really worth the money to have a slide cut plus the cost of a nice red dot? Thanks for the hours of quality entertainment. Two thumbs way up. Walter from Georgia. P.S. Trevor, what's the best bipod I can put on my synthetic stock SKS sniper rifle? <laughs> I think that'd be like uh, a Caldwell or maybe one of those barrel clamp Harris. ones that are 10 bucks. Harris. No, All the way to Harris. <laughs> um, cut. No, it's not worth getting your slide cut and putting a, and buying a red dot. They, uh, uh, because you're shooting a Glock, obviously, um, all the Glocks now are coming pre-cut with a plate that screws to the slide. Um, Smith & Wesson, I think, was one of the first ones to really get popular with this with their Smith & Wesson MMP core line. Um, these aren't just for competition anymore. We see a lot of things that happen in competition. Just like in racing, technology is developed on the track, eventually makes it out to the street. A lot of competition things end up, whether it be technique or equipment, end up being out on patrol eventually. Red dots, you know, uh, in rifles ended up out onto carbines. And now we're seeing the transition from red dots and, and race pistols to being in duty pistols for the same reason. They're quick. They index. Both eyes open. You never worry about uh, lining up uh, front sight and rear sight. If you lose the dot, however, that's a little different story. But, nah. Well, you got backup sights on most of them, and so all you got to do is realign your backup sights, and your red dot will pop right back into view again. Um, some of these pistols, no, they they're they're riding pretty high, even with the suppressor sights. But um, anyway, before before taking a slide and getting it cut, I would look at the MMP core or the new Glocks uh, rather than cutting up a slide on a perfect Glocks good uh, MOS, right? Sorry. I think the, the so the the MMP is called the core, and I think the or Glock the is the Glock MOS. Well, most of the new Glocks that came out this year are coming out this way. They're all that way. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they all are, but several models are that way now. I've seen a couple of them. I've seen a 34 that way. You just pop out four screws and then slide the optic right in its place. Vortex is making one. Loophold's making one. Uh, of course, um, Seymour is making one. So that would be my suggestion. I wouldn't cut up a perfectly good gun. I would, I would just buy a new Glock that's already ready for the red dot. And then it's going to be a question of a holster. Who, who's, who's going to be the first to really start pumping out holsters that are cut in a certain way to accommodate these red dots? But that all you sense. need is a holster with the front cut a little bit, just like a it's, competition well, holster. Yeah, well, exactly. Or even some of like the Kydex LHS or, yeah. you know, those ones, uh, because it's at the rear of the slide anyway. Yep, exactly. So, I'm not 100% convinced, but I know it's, it's, we're going this way. Are we going this way because it's the right thing to do, or are we going this way so we can sell product? I'm not sure yet, but we'll see. Once I see cops carrying it, then maybe I'll start to consider that it's a viable actual. I think you're going to see SWAT teams who aren't um, getting in and out of cars all day long and on mm. patrol all day long. You're going to see special yep. ops guys doing it. Yeah. 
because they're just jumping from the van and kicking in the door and going, right? That's right. I can't see, I mean, and that being, I was just going to say, I can't see somebody sticking one of these on their gun, turning it on all day, you know, batteries and whatnot. But then, you know, you remember that, oh yeah, aim point can, you can turn theirs on for, you know, three years and not ever turn it off. So I guess that maybe isn't an issue. The guys are just turning the aim points on their rifles at the beginning of the shift and then turning them off at the end of the shift, right? Yeah. Yeah. That'll work. And even then, even though the RCMP are running aim points, they run their backups up all the time. Yep. Their philosophy is if the aim point goes down, I don't need to spend time putting up my backups. Yep. Charge there. Yeah. So, very good. Um, Matthew from Rick. Hey, guys. I'm a little slow listening to the show, 125, but totally okay if anyone wants to get a hold of me. Can you stop for a second, go back and read that over so it sounds like, hey, guys, I'm a little slow? (laughs) <laughs> you, you, you know, you had a perfect opportunity there. To- hey guys, I'm a little slow. <clears throat> I was just listening to episode 125. Nailed it. <laughs> that better. So anyway, uh, he's totally okay if anybody wants to get a hold of him. His Facebook page is Fire Art Solutions Training or Fast, and it's uh, Facebook.com/slash Fire Art Fire Art Solutions. Yeah, so Fire Art Solutions. Anyway, thanks guys. Miss you in a manly way. Like I miss filthy burgers. You know what I mean. See you soon. Cheers, Rick. I do know what you mean, Rick, and I miss you too. I miss him. Uh, Not as much as I miss a filthy burger. Yeah, Yeah. filthy burgers are delicious. Um, So go over and like his Facebook page. Um, I was just over there checking it out. Sadly, the picture on the uh, banner is of him holding a 1911. I didn't even know that... He had ever shot a 1911 before in his life, and there he is on this amazing Facebook page, you know, promoting shooting the 1911. What the heck? Yeah, yeah. Well, he's at least holding it. I'm gonna. For, so I sleep tonight. I'm gonna assume he didn't actually shoot it. I just he just posed with it. That's maybe maybe he just likes a lot of uh, remedial action training, and uh, so that's, that's platform it. of choice, right? That's it. That's I like it, yeah. his I like his logo, the ant on the AR bolt face. Yeah, that's pretty. That's cool. cool. He, he yeah. I think he stole the ant from Owen, but that's okay. That's fine. Owen stole it from somebody else. Yeah. Yeah, he, um, he certainly did. Maybe he was like Bill Clinton, you know, like how Bill, uh, you know, he smoked, but he didn't inhale. Maybe right. he just held the gun, but he didn't. Maybe uh, he didn't actually shoot it. Yeah. Yeah. So That's cool, though. I'm glad that Rick's got this going and that uh, he's he's providing some, some training and stuff because he certainly is a knowledgeable shooter, mm. and uh, I, I know he knows what he's doing, so... Good no, on he him. Spent, he spent the last year in class after class on both yep. sides of the, of the border. I'm so proud of him and jealous all at the same time. Absolutely. Just so our listeners know, what, what uh, location is he at? Is Ontario. He London. Ontario, Ontario yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, he he lives right down the road from where I used to live in Ontario. <laughs> so. That's that's an interesting nugget of information, Matthew. Yeah. No, I, well. Adriel, right, how about this next one? <laughs> From James. Hey, fellas. I just listened to episode 125 and heard something about a pistol course on a private range in Alberta. I'm interested if this hasn't already happened or if it's still a go. Cheers, James. So it looks like we've got one of our first signups there or someone who wants no, to sign that's up. A, that, that's our second. We have second. a listener last week that committed $500 to get the ball rolling. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So good on. Stack them up. Yep. Uh, this one is from Phil. Hi, new guy. Hello, other old peoples. <laughs> I don't think anything was mentioned about it earlier. Um, I don't think anything was mentioned about it early, but has there been any follow-ups or feedback with the results of the two NFA petitions? Cheers, Phil. One thumb up for the new guy. One uh, for the new guy on Modern Rifleman Radio. 
one thumbs, <laughs> just one. one thumbs up, one thumbs, one thumbs up, up you get. Yeah. So, uh, Phil, speaking um, as someone who was a uh, member of the NFA field officer and coordinator and all that stuff, uh, I don't know. I think it just kind of died. Um, and uh, I'm no longer on any of the Facebook pages or anything like that. I don't know what's going on with the NFA. Well, it, they got read. Like, the two petitions got read. Um, but that's it. Like, there, there, there wasn't and nothing happened afterwards, right? Is there any avenues, possibilities? They got read. But uh, so that's, that's it. Okay, it. Good. That's it. That's it. Super. Yeah. Anyway, those petitions died with Sean. Those were Sean's babies, and he was promoting them and pushing them. And then after Sean was let go and the NFA fell apart and the Rebel Five started, you know, it's just, it's, it's all just so bloody painful to watch. I wish them the best. I hope that, um, Sheldon is voted out eventually and they get new strong leadership and they regrow and do good things. And I, I truly, truly mean that. Next one, Matthew. Or yeah. Me? No, it's you. You just read one. There you go. So, uh, from Sean. Hello, Slamfire hosts. Just wanted to send you guys a quick note to say thanks for the advice you offered me regarding eye dominance issues. Since that episode, I've been to the range four times and have worked quite a bit on this with my Ruger twenty-two forty-five. I started fully closing my right eye, aligning the gun under my left eye. I then have been slowly opening my right eye while still keeping the gun under my left eye. I have been shooting at 25 meters and my groups have gotten much better in the past couple of weeks. During this time, I received the Ruger Blackhawk in 357 Magnum that I traded my Glock for. I took it to the range today and it is a blast. I like the big boom of the 357 Magnum and the single action forces me to slow down and enjoy my time. It is very accurate at 25 meters, but I have to get used to the very light trigger pull. Have any of you guys tried a single-action revolver before? If you want to, I heartily recommend the Ruger. I kind of want to try one in 44 now. I also want to say thanks for last week's episode about hunting. I have the same issue as Matthew. We don't have many deer in my area, so I mostly bird hunt. I've been out for grouse this year twice and have managed to bag a nice fat one last outing. I use a single-shot 410 for my grouse hunting and it seems to work really good. I included a picture of my Ruger revolver at the range today. Thought maybe you guys would like to see it. Keep up the good work. The new guy has been really good so far and is a great addition to the show. Two big thumbs up. Should be around 23 now. From Sean in Saskatchewan. And actually we're up to 35 thumbs ups now, Sean. So thank you for pushing us up to 35. I cannot believe that our egos are so fragile that we actually count thumbs up. We we definitely count our thumbs up. Yeah. Um, Artificial internet points. Single action revolvers. Yeah, I saw the picture he posted. Very nice. Are you guys have much single action uh, revolver experience? Uh, not very much at all. I have shot single action revolvers before. I I actually did a uh, a demo shoot. Uh, for cowboy action shooting and shot a bit of single action revolver and it was fun. It was neat. Um, you know, if I rode a horse a lot and uh, was allowed to carry a gun and was out in the foothills of Alberta or wherever the foothills are, um, yeah, you know, it'd be kind of fun to kind of throw back to the old West days and kind of play with a uh, single action. But you know, it's not, it's not really my thing. I, I, I really think they're cool. I really like them. I, I don't think I'd get one though. Yeah. I had, uh, go ahead, Andrew. 
Yeah, I've I've shot some single action and, and double action. You know, just just this weekend. Speaking of, of light trigger pulls, um, I was shooting a, a CZ five twenty seven, and it's got a, a, a set tri- a CZ five twenty seven. Much Oof. better. That Whoa. was a close one. Almost got the go button. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's got a set trigger on it, so you take the trigger and you push it forward, and it sets it, and then. Your trigger pull is ounces. Oh, yes. And it is sweet. Oh, man. Oh, awesome. Um, anyways, the, you said light trigger pull, and I was, I just reminded me of that this weekend. So, that, yeah. That's what, uh, yeah, Tom, Tommy refers to as a telekinesis or telekinetic trigger. Just think uh, about it, and it goes yeah. off. Yeah. Um, my, growing up, my father had a wreck single action 22. So it looks like, a, you know, a Colt Peacemaker clone type thing. Uh, German made single action 22 revolver with two cylinders. And I had one for a little while, my first year shooting. I don't know if you remember, Matthew. Was I a, do. A stainless one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's a neat little gun. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, both my 357 revolver and my 44 Magnum revolver can be fired in single action. And there's no two ways about it. When you cock that hammer, the trigger pull is telekinetic <laughs> they're very short very very clean and very light you, you know you go from the trigger pull on my 44 is probably 12 pounds uh you're getting down to like three pounds on the single action i'm sure and it feel it actually feels less than that but realistically it's probably in that neighborhood so and definitely get your hands on a uh, on a 44 um you can get the matching ruger blackhawk in 44 you can actually get it in 30 carabine. Who knew? I mean, they made that handgun in a whole bunch of different calibers. Well, that'd be goofy in 30 carabine. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> what a, what a, I'm just trying what to think a, about what that thing would look like. <laughs> it has a very long cylinder. It would have to. Yeah. When Matthew and I took our um, Royal New Brunswick Rifle Association range safety officer class, the instructor had a – he was also a firearms instructor, so he had a variety of deactivated firearms with him at the class, and one of them was – a Ruger Blackhawk chambered in 30 carbine. I, I do not remember that. Yeah, it was Bob's uh, Bob's revolver. Well, it's probably because it was a single-action revolver, and you went, uh, next, where's the air? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Um, from Mark. Is it Adriel? You up? Yeah, yeah I'm up. Uh, I've been noticing more and more red and orange signs popping up on people's lawns here in Calgary. and had a conversation with my friend about it, about what if one of these parties... Uh, it's okay. Got in oh, with, just, just go from there. Yeah. Got in with the election coming up and took away our beloved ARs and handguns. Could they do that? Would they do it? And also, how many people do you think would be fighting back or calling their local lawyer ASAP? Thanks for the show, guys. And I can't wait to get out and hunt with my M14. But for now, my PSE bow will work. Oh, come on. PSE. Terrible. <laughs> Bows don't work at all. You what are you, an elf? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Sorry. So, could, could, yeah. could they do it? Would they do it? Would they do it? Would they do it? I don't know. Could they do it? They can do whatever they want. Yeah, that's the thing. If they get any any party who has a majority government can basically do whatever they want, which is why I don't like our government system, but whatever. Yeah, you get a, a majority government, you do whatever you want. So, yeah, they could. But would they? They would. I was talking to an NDPer. And he was saying that he didn't think that the NDP 
would be willing to do something like that because there is such a big vote in the urban or sorry in the rural area still and there are you know there's a big urban rural divide when yeah. it comes to guns and they don't want to lose the urban vote or the rural votes so I, you know i don't know if it's as big as all that i mean you were talking to an NDPer from a rural area if you were talking to an NB, NDPer from toronto or ottawa Totally I bet different. he, yeah, totally different attitude. And I don't know if the urban divide is as big as it was 50 years ago. Yeah, maybe. You know, I mean, compared to Toronto, Moncton is considered, uh, you know, rural. But the people in, in Moncton, they consider themselves urbanites. But, you know, the, the you look at the population of Calgary and Edmonton and Vancouver and Toronto and Montreal, Ottawa, compared to what it was 20 years ago, they've grown. And the rural populations of Canada have shrunk and continue to shrink. I don't know if there's any Newfies left in Newfoundland. They're all in Alberta. <laughs> I, I, you know, so yeah, there's there's still a pretty big divide here in uh, here in Alberta. The last provincial election we had, there was um, we've got a local party here, the Wild Rose, that won a pile of rural seats, and then uh, the cities are totally different. Yeah, thank you, vote yeah. splitters, and now you're stuck with the NDP. Yep. So vote green, everybody. Hmm. All right, from The Whale. First of all, hello to the new guy. I'd use your actual name, but I wouldn't want to guess from what I heard on the show, and it doesn't look like Matt or Trevor actually posted it anywhere. It's Adriel. <laughs> Adriel. That's for sticks, because I wasn't pronouncing it correctly the other day, so Adriel. Um, oh, what else now? He says, okay, um... You may want to you may want to check your contract. No, he does not want to check his contract. He hasn't even seen his contract. Secondly, shame on you guys for perpetuating the whole myth about lacquered ammo. There's lots of reasons cheap ammo can be can stick, but most ammo today, including Tula, uses a phosphate polymer coating that would melt that wouldn't melt under a blowtorch. The reason steel ammo sticks is because it doesn't expand as much as brass case and has a looser seal on the chamber walls. This allows more gunk, that's a technical term, to build up on the chamber walls, making extraction tougher. If you shoot brass cased ammo after this happens, it can actually embed the gunk into the softer brass case, making the problem much worse. But even if you shoot steel case the whole time, slightly larger cases might stick, especially with an almost straight-walled case like a 223 or 556. That's one advantage of the tapered 762 by 39 when shooting steel case ammo. The, uh, those cases almost fall out no matter how bad the chamber is. And yeah, certainly in my uh, AR that I used to have chambered in 762 by 39, it... Uh, that was never an issue. Yeah, I, I think he's. I think he's right here. I mean, um, I didn't. Uh, I, I we just read out the the email the last time the other uh, listener was talking about lacquer, but they aren't. Uh, they aren't lacquer. These two, they are just a, um, a phosphate polymer kind of a thing, right? They're gray covered. They're not green. The green stuff is lacquer, and then the gray stuff isn't. So um, he is right there. Now, the as far as the green stuff, the lacquer stuff being you know slick and the gray steel case not being uh, slick there's truth to that because in my xcr um 
my uh, my XCR mags for 762 by 39 if I filled them with lacquered surplus ammo, they ran. They ran. That, that ammo was slippery and would feed in the mag. When I switched to the um, Dominion stuff that I got from Canon Ammo that uh, I thought it would be the best stuff in the world, it's steel, it's a lead core, jacketed hollow point, non-corrosive, blah, blah, blah. Well, the, the cases being unlacquered actually caused too much friction in the magazine and would drag. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't wouldn't uh, wouldn't allow the 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 follower to push them up and chamber, and so the mags that were starting to get broken in more seemed to work better than newer mags. I actually took apart one of the mags and took a Dremel and polished the inside of it, hoping that it would help that particular brand of ammo feed better. But it it uh, they're not there yet. Yeah, it's almost but, like the lacquered stuff is glossy and the uh, the phosphate uh, polymer stuff is matte, and it's, yes. it's just a little yep. bit more gritty yep. i guess yeah it is it certainly i don't know if it causes it stick in chambers or not but it certainly doesn't feed in magazines as well as the lacquered stuff um you guys did a good job on your first gun topic last week but i was surprised you didn't mention the ruger american series it's because they don't have a ruger canadian series those are hard to beat as far as value goes and they have they have enough models now to cover almost any purpose at all and speaking of ruger I just put down the money for a Ruger Precision Rifle in 308. I don't know when uh, when it will actually arrive, but hopefully soon. The harsh Atlanta, <laughs> the harsh Atlanta winters mean I might have to wear a jacket while shooting it if it shows up too late. Shut up. Actually, I'm just taunting you a bit. We do actually get snow here. Uh-huh, I'm sure you do. Do you have to buy snow tires? Then it doesn't count. Sometimes, he says. Well, that one time. Anyway, great show as always. I had a few other things, but I'll save those for another email that Trevor doesn't have to read so it doesn't sound like it's butchered. Right now, I need to get the 308 suppressed, clean the 308 suppressor cleaned up so it's ready to go when the new rifle shows up. Spencer in Smyrna. Okay, the last one was just mean. Yes, the last one was yeah. just mean. I hope <laughs> that uh, you injured yourself in some way while cleaning your suppressor. I wonder why you went with the the... Uh, Ruger, the precision rifle in 308 instead of the 6.5 uh, Creedmoor. Probably for the same, same price. I, I bet you he's going to write you a, a 48 paragraph email <laughs> next week and explain <laughs> to you in detail you why. why. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It was same price, but, um, you know, maybe he's already set up to reload 308. The yeah. 308 is so much more readily available. That's why I built my precision rifle in 308 because in a. You know, whatever. If we get to a situation where we're, things are starting to dry up, 308 will be one of the last things to dry up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, as, as far as why uh, we didn't mention the Ruger American, so I've, I've had a Ruger American. Um, here in Canada, they're, they're quite a bit more expensive than the Axis. So the Ruger Americans here are right around 500 bucks, whereas uh, an Axis is uh, 300, 330, somewhere around there. So there's there's a there's a big price difference between those two, um, so that's probably why I didn't mention it in terms of like the the more inexpensive value priced uh, rifles. Mm, probably, and sometimes we just forget stuff. Yeah, that happens too. So full refund. Who's got uh, Who's got Ryan? Is it uh, Matthew? You're up. Sure, if you tell me, I am. You're up. All right, hey guys. Just listen to the tips for a new shooter gear on the weekend and have a couple of thoughts I wanted to toss out there. I noticed that the focus of the conversation seemed to be on cheap. 
not many of us get into the sport because it's cheap, and certainly any of us that have shot for any length of time have considerable dollars invested in the sport. It's been my experience that cheap equals frustrating. Savage Axis as a case in point. Three times now I have had hunting partners that have had show-stopping failures on these things. Two magazine latches and lost magazines and one trigger group failure. Huh, that's bad. I haven't had any problems with mine yet. Maybe I should use it more. Yeah, maybe. This is the Mm. first I've heard anywhere of anybody. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Okay. Uh, My recommendation to many new shooters is the following. For hunting purposes in Alberta, legal for big game must be over 23 caliber and no rule saying we can't carry it outside of big game. Well, isn't that just nice? I wish we had a rule similar to that. That's Uh, Alberta. Select firearms in the following classes that have similar manual of arms, length of pull, scope configuration, etc. Also consider customization options later, as in replacement stocks and triggers. 1. You need a 22 long rifle. This is a must. 2. A 243. This can be used for deer-sized game or loaded for yotes. Coyotes, I guess. 3. A 308 or .30-06 or similar for elk, moose, and bear. With these, there is no game in Alberta that you can't hunt, excluding migratory game bird. One last thought. If someone were to say, I have money to spend on what on one gun, what would you recommend? My response would be a Ruger Gunsight Scout in 308. This would allow a person to hunt, defend, practice, all in one neat, compact package. Keep up the great work, Ryan in Alberta. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with anything he said. Uh, same here. He yeah. makes a good yeah. point about, you know, new doesn't have to be cheap. Yep, you're right. First I've heard of, of really bad failures with an Axis, though, because I've got one, my buddy's got one, and uh, his wife has one, and I've, we haven't seen anything yet. Yeah, odd. Interesting to see that they're out there, though. I, I, I'm glad to hear of the failures, just so that, uh, you know, data points, right? Just keep track of them and see how they go. Maybe, maybe if they're used extensively, they start to fall apart. Who knows? Yeah. So I'll have to keep an eye on this and see how it goes. Thanks for the email. Awesome. Uh, Adriel. I've got George. Dear Podcasters, New Shooter Canada is hosting the 6th Annual Canadian Podcast Network Charity Shoot in support of Soldier On on June, 26th, or June 25th, sorry, 2016. Participants will include, include podcasters and listeners from across Canada and the United States. We are expecting approximately 100 participants and hope to have it open to the Kingston community. We are looking to the podcast community to, to sponsor the event by donating by donations of prizes or swag. We would love to give all our attendees something from the various podcasters and also spread the word about your specific podcast. We will be advertising on our event page, on our Facebook page, and website. Uh, all of the podcasts that will be participating in the shoot or sending something to get their name out. We hope that you'll be able to attend the event as a participant, and we thank you in advance for making this a success for our veterans. Please feel free to contact us at host at newshootercanada.ca. Yours in shooting, George Hatch, co-host, New Shooter Canada. Keep your barrels downrange, pointed downrange, and smoking. smoking. Apparently we can't do their ending either. No. Keep your nope. shooting classy there. I liked Jules' ending. I'm done. Okay. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Oh, it's my turn again, and look who it is. <laughs> From Dirty. Dirty says, yo, yo, y'all be racing. And I don't mean the guys driving the cars, neither. 
Instead of picking your most ethically diverse possibility, y'all's be picking literally the whitest man possible. Like all literally cannot tell the difference between Adriel and Frosty the Snowman, you dig? He called him yep. Ariel. That's <laughs> <laughs> fighting words dirty. <laughs> Other than Frosty be probably more melting from the muzzle blast. I uh, also don't know how Frosty be holding the gat, the tree branches for arms. How he be holding the gat with tree branches for arms. Yo, I'm about to flash lata ATM. Dirty. There wow. You go. What did he say? Um, he said that we were racist. He said we're raisins. We're raisins. Yeah, raisins. <laughs> raisins. And okay. I don't mean the guys. Yeah. So we're raisins. And he doesn't mean the gentleman's driving the cars, neither. Instead of picking the most ethically diverse choice or possibility, we literally picked the whitest man in Canada. Oh, I see what he's saying. Right. So he's angry we didn't pick him. Yeah, he calls He's angry that we picked Ariel instead. Yeah, we picked Ariel. Yeah. <laughs> and and Ariel. also Ariel known as Frosty Rain. the Snowman. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently so, Frosty. New guy, that's your new nickname, Frosty. Frosty yeah. the Snowman. Frosty. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> and instead of picking your most ethically diverse possibility, y'all be picking literally the whitest possible boy in Canada. <laughs> uh, he actually says he's the whitest guy in Canada, but I just threw that in there. So, Melissa, I really hope you got to listen to that while at work. So, I'm about to fly later ATM. Uh, what's ATM? Well, in some circles, it's no as but I don't think that's appropriate. For- <laughs> <laughs> and if any of you are wondering what that bleep is, you're going to have to uh, message Trevor directly and find out what he said. Uh, excellent. So if you would like to email the show, you could do so by please sending an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Mr. McClatchy. Yes. Do we have any iTunes reviews? Yes. What's the matter, Matthew? I'm laughing. Uh, remind it. Never mind. It's gonna be a story for after the show. All right then. All right. So iTunes reviews. Uh, we have one from Larry Cunningham, and uh, he titled it "Love the well, Show." That's Grant's brother. It could be Grant's brother. He gave us five stars. That means we're up to eighty-seven five-star reviews now between Canada and the United States. Um, and uh, FYI, this is an American review. So um, thank you, Larry. He writes, I really do like this show. However, it's not the same without Owen. I wish him and his family the best. As for the others, they are fun and great to listen to. If you want to hear about shooting gophers in the face, then listen to this. In the end, though, this podcast makes me realize how lucky I am to live in the U.S. in the state of Iowa. If I want a gun, I go down and get it. I have my permit to carry, which lasts for five years, and I don't have to go through a background check for each and every purchase. I can build my own ARs without the limitations that our families up north have to abide by. If I want a 30-round magazine, I go out and buy it. Carry licenses are shall issue and cover all weapons, not just my pistol. While is I may this not a review, or is this just a? He's reminder? just bragging. Like He's just bragging. Okay, yeah. All right. Well, we, okay. We're good then. While I may not be able to have this short-barreled rifle or a silencer yet because of state laws, we're hoping to change that this year. Great show, and keep it up. Larry, and he writes, oh, he gives us 10 thumbs up as well. Holy Larry. Larry, I'm sorry, but it is a limit of two thumbs up per person, so I will Since bump. Since when? That, that, that's been a rule all along. 
American Go back and thumb, listen. American thumbs are worth more because of the exchange rate. So, so we're taking we're we're taking all ten. No, at least four. Well, okay. So that that, that, that br- math so much so much more hard. Thirty nine thumbs up then is where we're at now. <laughs> yeah, because because look, each person has two thumbs. So the maximum that an individual can give us is two thumbs up. But if you are American, because of the exchange rate, it is doubled. So yes, that's that is four thumbs up. So thank you, Larry, for the four thumbs. It's awesome. So yeah. Anyway, yeah, no, I thank you for bragging. Mm, yeah, and, I guess um, we'll just have to go go out hunting with our fourteen inch uh, shotguns. Yeah, the you know, shot the fourteen inch barreled shotguns. That uh, I think those are what destructive devices in the U.S. Yeah, and any other weapon, aren't they? Mm, yeah, AOWs or something like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm not an American, apparently. Clearly, clearly. Well, thank you, thank you, Larry, for the review. We do, you're, we do appreciate it. And bragging, and and for the bragging. Mm. Yeah. Speaking of bragging, Dix is sending me pictures of potential. We don't want to know. All right, let's carry on. So, shout-outs? Yeah, shout-outs. I'm sure I have people that deserve to be shouted out, but I can't. uh, I can't think of anybody either. uh, To all all the um, uh, hardworking and dedicated um, staff and officers and field officers, of the Canadian Coalition for Firearms Rights, who were um, putting up with all the uh, childishness on Facebook and and staying strong and uh, seeing things through to the end. Um, thank you to you guys. Cool. People don't soapbox on Facebook, do they? What? Never. No, it's funny. They do. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yeah. You know, uh, yo, Adriel, you done did it now. Here I go. All right. No, 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 Travers. It's time to say goodnight. <laughs> Good night. No, you have to do the sign off. That was my sign off. <laughs> okay. So check us out on the Crusader Podcast Network at crusaderpodcast.com. There's a bunch of really cool shows out there that you should definitely look into if you're into pro gun podcasting. Join any or all of our national firearms associations. It's important to support all of them. Um, because without members, a national firearms association is just a bunch of people hanging out on a conference call. Check us out on Gun Owners of Canada um, and like us on Facebook. We're at 1,275, 39 thumbs up and counting as of this very moment in time. Did did that did that Facebook likes get updated? I didn't update that myself uh, personally. I left it up to the new guy. and uh, You left up to the new guy. So it probably didn't get done then is what you're saying. It's yeah. 1,281 now. Oh, okay. 1,281 there. Okay. There. Am I supposed to read that? No. Okay. All no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> by that, so. Uh, <laughs> I get it. Uh, clearly, Adri- Ariel gets it. Sorry, Ariel. <laughs> oh, I mean, Frosty. Frosty. Oh man, they stop picking on the new guy. Uh, Until we, uh, next week, everybody, um, stay frosty. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well. I like it. Yeah. Good night from Frosty. (laughs) And we'll see you next week. All right. Take a good shooting. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.